Hey, welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the podcast. We are finishing up this series on Truths Jesus Taught. Some things we've discussed were just blatant. Jesus directly and specifically gave instructions on how to pray. He taught his hearers on different things like who he really was and some things you and I like to forget that he taught. (laughs) But then he also taught with his actions. Maybe we don't have a direct quote like how we should live or blessed are you when per se, but he lived out principles uh, that we should embrace and he answered questions that we have like what do we do when we doubt and we're not sure what to believe, those kind of things. And he did it with his very life. When Jesus was baptized by John, we we have another instance of this. When the Spirit descended on him, God audibly says, This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. Matthew 4 tells us that he left that experience. He goes out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasts for 40 days. And then there's these few interchanges that are recorded in the gospel. By the end, Luke tells us that the enemy left him until an opportune time. It's not like this rendezvous in the desert was the only time these two were going to tango. Yet, I think sometimes that's how we picture it, that this only happened one time and no other time but that. But Jesus shows us with his words and with his life how to encounter the enemy and when, which is something I think you and I need to know. We have the question of how do we fight the enemy? I mean, how do we do this without getting our teeth knocked in? I think we often find ourselves in the middle of an attack before we realize it. For for instance, a few years ago, my husband had ventured out to Walmart with some of the kids to get whatever we needed. He selected a checkout line and pushed the buggy into that line and suddenly this muscle bulging guy approached him and challenged him with a few curse words saying, are we gonna do this right here? And Chad wasn't really sure what he was upset about except maybe he had planned to get into that particular line before him. And my man not seeing this muscle bound dude and then not realizing it was a race or that a personal conflict between he and the stranger was ensuing just selected an open line. But now he's about to get clocked with the kids in a battle he never intended to be in. When we traveled to China to meet our second daughter for the first time, she was older, and the process was a little bit different. You are introduced to them on the first day, but the second day is filled with paperwork. This I knew. What I didn't know was that the child wasn't really yours yet, even though they were in your possession. You had just been taking her on a test drive, sort of like what you do at a car lot. We sat down to do the paperwork, and they didn't just say, sign here and she's yours. That will be X number of dollars if you sign here and we'll be done. Nothing like that, no. A woman came forward who had known her and began going through a list of deficiencies. You know she can't do this, or she'll never be able to do this, or she always does this, and she's unable to do X, and she's incapable of blank. And every time she made that statement, she made both of us stamp our thumbs in red ink and paste it on an official document so that we understood clearly what she could not do. And the list was longer than my ability to manage. I went into sort of an internal state of shock and overwhelmed because we were unaware of all of these things. So back at the hotel, I was sort of in a daze with something deeper than, but similar to, buyer's remorse. We didn't have to be there. That was child number four. But God, time and time again, assured us this was the way. This was the one. This was the one we believed God led us there specifically to. This was the child he had for us and this was 
not something I was willing to deal with, I was prepared to deal with, or was I able to deal with, and God knew it because I had explained it all to him. But for the time being, I was sort of in a state of shock, feeling like I had myself just been spiritually clocked out of the blue. The only resource I brought to read in the downtime that I thought we would have was called When the Enemy Strikes and Was It Timely? This little girl invading my space and what I thought my space should look like was not the enemy, but how I was to respond to the challenges God had ordained for my life that the enemy pounced on. That was the fight. This, my friend, was a battle I was thrown into, one I wasn't prepared for, I did not see coming, and really didn't want to fight. Jesus taught this truth. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly in John 10.10. It's not just a statement of contrast here. He's pointing out our desperate need not to live in fear, but to know reality. What's really real? We have an enemy who has objectives to steal what is rightly ours, to kill whatever he can, and destroy whatever he wants within the realm of God's authority. We need to know how to go up against that kind of thief so Jesus teaches us how. The number one thing I think we take away from Jesus is to use scripture as a weapon. If you remember the situation I just mentioned earlier when Jesus was led into the desert by the spirit to be tempted by the devil, the primary way he fought back was using the word of God as his weapon. He did not argue. He did not wield a lightsaber to defeat the dark side. The only way Jesus fought toe-to-toe with the enemy is with the same weaponry you and I can use. So what does that look like for us today? Take, for example, my altercation in another country as I'm at my wit's end fearing my future and my ability to hear God not to mention questioning God's faithfulness to me in the heat of those moments what could I do well for me thankfully I had taken a book that was filled with this arsenal moment by moment God used it to remind me of his truth over my own over my own thoughts over their words over everything nothing was fixed the future was unknown but there was peace in the moment because those first battles were won and today I'm much more strategic I have a system of adding scripture to my prayer life I have an app I just add it to my app to pray it in my life and I use hashtags so that it's organized and structured so that when I need it I can bring all those up that I want that deal with fighting the battles and whatever I've called it so that it's all coming up when I need it verse after verse in my prayer repertoire are statements and reminders of who God is who he is in light of the enemy and eternity and you can do this too you can use an app you can use note cards you can download the verse of the day when it speaks to this need keep it in a folder on your phone if you need to pull it out when you need it use sticky notes whatever you need to do to keep these verses that are all over the bible fresh in front of you so that you will be equipped in your moment of need that is the number one way we do that and when we have done that enough it becomes a part of our marrow it gets in our minds and it's there it's ready to use that's the number one way we learn how to fight the enemy the second way is to reject negative thinking when jesus is preparing the disciples for what is to come in the end remember it's not anything what they're expecting from their Jewish Messiah it's not what they anticipated from the scriptures of old they're looking for a king someone who's going to overthrow the Romans clean house and take Jerusalem by storm so when Jesus speaks 
about what is actually going to happen. That they're going to take him and beat him, put him on a cross, and then he's going to die. Peter goes to him, and this is the exchange. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And that's Matthew 16, 22 and 23. To Peter's face, Jesus rebukes him. Maybe it seems kind of rude to you and me, but Jesus knows at this moment, Peter's not speaking in concert with the will of God. Instead, it lines up with the enemy. It's nothing more than a trap. He recognizes it and steers clear of it. There's a story of a girl who walked down the street when she suddenly fell into a muddy hole up to her eyeballs. She tried and tried to get out, struggling, and struggling to climb out. It's no use. She sits down finally. She's just worn out. She gives up until finally she gets tired of being in the hole. So she tries again and somehow she finds the strength, she gets some footholds and she manages to get out. She brushes herself off as best she can and she walks on down the street. A week later, she finds herself on the same street. She's forgotten all about the hole and where it is. She falls in and she drifts back into her pity party pretty fast, but she didn't stay as long. She tried to remember how she got out before. She groaned, she made a mess of herself, but she did get out and on her way she went. The next week, she's on the same street, but this time, she was much more cautious. She looks around, but then she tumbles into it. She didn't see it coming, but that day, no sulking. She just admits personal failure, and she gets out ASAP. That's what she did. The next week, once again, she's on the same route, but this time, she notices her surroundings. She saw the hole that entrapped her time and time before, and she says, not this time. She came up close to it. She looked down in it, and she walked around it. The next week, she took a different street. That's what this looks like for you and me. Maybe it will take a few false starts. Maybe we might get muddy and bruised. Maybe we walk down the same street, muddy and bruised, from falling into that hole time and time again, year after year. But eventually, those lies and the deceit and that temptation that does not lead to happiness loses its grip on us. And we take a different street. The third way we see from Jesus how to fight the enemy is to fast for focus and strength. The 40 days leading up to the duel between Jesus and Satan, Scripture tells us Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I don't believe he does this so that he can line up on the spiritual wall of fame with Elijah and Moses. I believe he knew the power available to man only through this discipline that these other two examples learned as well. It's no accident that Jesus does not encounter this one-on-one with the enemy prior to these 40 days. When you and I might think that being tempted after 40 days without food would destroy any ability a person had to be able to take on something like that. It works in just the opposite way. It strengthened him to be able to meet up with the enemy one-on-one, toe-to-toe. I don't understand fasting, honestly. I don't understand it. I've done lots of it. I don't understand it. I certainly don't understand the discipline of the 40-day fast, although both myself and my spouse have done them. But I know this. Jesus believed it to be necessary, absolutely essential to the success of defeating the enemy here. And to leave fasting off as a discipline of the past is to take bullets off the table. Bullets you need to win. Just because we don't understand how it works and we can't see it working and because it's hard, eating food is more fun than not eating food doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. If you're in a battle right now, I highly suggest you 
consider fasting for a time. Pray about that even. I always pray about fasting. Is this the time, Lord? I never want to do it. Is this the purpose that you want me to fast for? What kind of fasting do you want me to do? How long do you want me to do it? And most of the time, I get a sense for what I'm supposed to do. And if I'm not sure, I err on the side of doing it. Simply because it was presented to me for that period or because it came to my mind and because I know God to use it in my life and those that I know who have done it to defeat strongholds, to change circumstances, to win battles. I want no bullets left on the table. This is what Jesus models for us. It's what he teaches his disciples to do. It's how we fight the enemy. Number four is to pray. We've already talked at length about how Jesus gets alone and spends time with the Lord. Among other things he talks with the Father about, don't you suppose at least part of it was strategic in how to go against the enemy now I understand that's conjecture that's all it is so let's just stick to facts Jesus just before he's arrested in the garden praying to the point he's sweating drops of blood he's praying for the strength to be obedient to death to take on the sins of humanity to defeat death and Satan himself and an angel comes to strengthen him we know this is what he's praying about three times he does this at that same time Jesus goes back the first time he's done it to the disciples he's left a stone's throw away to pray and keep watch that's what he's asked them to do and the first time finds them sleeping he says to Peter watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak that's Matthew 26 41 Jesus calls them to pray about this because that is how you beat temptation he knows it he calls him to it that is the way to beat it so he calls him to it something even sweeter Luke gives us about the same night earlier as they're sitting around the table finishing dinner Jesus speaks directly to Peter who is about to deny him three times and Jesus knows this and he says to him in verse 31 Simon Simon behold Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail and when you turn again strengthen your brothers Jesus himself prayed for Simon you know there's certain people that come to my mind when I think of powerful prayers people who seem to have that direct line to God himself who can powerfully call down whatever's needed from the heavenlies and it is done. Jesus prays for Simon that his faith would not fail and that he would be successful in turning the others to truth. I would be jealous if it weren't the promise in Hebrews 7.25 that tells me he does the same and more for us. He says, consequently, because of who he is and what he's done, that's my words put in there, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. It's essential that you and I pray and pray deeply, often, specifically, and in agreement with scripture. It's also important to know Jesus is praying for you as you draw near to God in prayer. It's like a double blessing. That's how you fight with Jesus going to bat for you to the Father. So pray. Don't let the day get away from you before you get it done. And finally, have faith in the face of fear. Before Jesus gets to the Last Supper, before he arrives at the garden scene he resolves to go to Jerusalem Luke 9 51 tells us as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem because he knows who he is and because he is so in tune with the father he walks in security even though he knows what awaits him in Jerusalem Jesus can lead them back there to his death the disciples don't even think this is a good idea still in the face of ensuing death the beatings, the abuse, all situations where fear might be exhibited. We see none of that. Instead, Jesus demonstrates radical obedience, 
faith in motion, facing the enemy, saying with his life, you got nothing on me. Give it your best shot. Sometimes this means you and I resolve to believe that we have faith in the face of fear. And this is how we defeat the enemy in our situation. Only God can give you this sort of resolve. And it comes in the ways we've already discussed in prayer, in fasting, rejecting those negative thoughts and using scripture as a weapon. All of these you and I exhibit and utilize in our fight against the enemy. Trouble will come, find you, when you least expect it. We know this. You don't have to always go looking for it. But we have not been left without an example from Jesus himself. Not only how to escape, but how to experience the positive side of John 10.10. Not just life, but life to the full. That's my prayer for you. That you would take these five elements and make them yours. So that day by day, street by street, you'll begin to experience life more victoriously and abundant than ever before. If you've not yet discovered the free resources that accompany this particular study, because we're done, ladies, we're done, go to sheyearns.com. Find the bar on the top. Click the free reading plan. You're going to also get that 30-day reading guide to do on your own so you can go deeper with the uh, printable journal with the writing guide. So you can write down some scripture that helps you memorize it and really get it into your bones. And understand, these resources are free for this series but we're about to start offering them not free. (laughs) They're going to be not free. They're going to be well worth it, but take advantage of this one while you can. Don't miss it. And it is a joy, as always, to be with you, and I look forward to being with you again next time as we start our last series in Season 4. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week, and I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier. Please remember to rate, review, and share the podcast. You may never know the difference that you can make by just making a recommendation and sharing a resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify into your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there is more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find more reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than there's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange, and it is always a pleasure to meet you here.